The summer is over, the leaves are falling, and welcome to the second season of the Media Will Eat Itself podcast. We're talking about careers, content creation, social media, and all the many things that make media tick. As usual, we'll be talking to professionals from all walks of life, quizzing them about their journey through working life, and how modern media and technology has affected them for better or for worse. It's a media show about media people, and I'm your host, Sean Weston. Find me at seanweston.co.uk. In this episode, Andrew Davison joins me to talk about his focus on Zapier, or Zapier, a service that helps people connect web apps to harness the power of automation. Our conversation also covers Andrew's background as an entrepreneur having founded Teacher Finder and as a marketing manager and business development manager. Andrew is a man who wears many hats, and I try to tap into this positive restlessness to find out what motivates him, what nuggets of wisdom he can pass on to others, and why he thinks the likes of Zapier will do to help us be more productive media professionals. You can find out more about TeacherFinder at weareteacherfinder.com and Andrew's Twitter handle is Andrew J. Davison. You can find out more about me at seanweston.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitter at seanwestonwork. I'd love to hear from you, so feel free to get in touch to suggest future guests or simply to say hello. And don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use if you're enjoying this series. Without further ado, I bring you Andrew Davison. Hi, Andrew. Thanks for joining me on the show. Hi, Sean. Good to be here. So you're getting involved with uh, Zapier uh, or Zapier these days. Can you explain to the listeners what Zapier is, how it works and what you think are its major selling points? OK, well, I mean, I suppose Zapier, layman's terms, I would describe it as a sort of glue between all the apps uh, that businesses tend to regularly use. Google Sheets, Shopify, WordPress, etc. Any anything that you probably use in your business or you think you might want to use, um, it's a good way of getting data from one to the other. Or even in more simple terms, is getting them to speak to each other. For example, uh, I have clients ask me if you know if I get an order on Shopify, how can I get that order information into the big Google Sheet I have um, set up to, to tally those orders? And that's something that Zapier can do. All right, so we're talking about automation here, aren't we? Yeah, it's, it's an automation tool, essentially, um, helping you automate all sorts of business processes. And I mean, now, an endless amount of possibilities. I think it's, I think in the last month, they, they said they've got about a thousand different apps connected through Zapier now. So, you know, you can do the math there. There's lots you can do. That's a lot. So what, what has led you in particular to focus more time on, on Zapier? Well, I think I came into it the same route that a lot of small businesses do. I, I had a, a previous business, uh, which I still run, Teacher Finder, um, matching people up with private language teachers. Um, and just me, myself, running it, it was getting busier and busier. I had other work on the side, and the manual processes were just becoming too much. I was taking inquiries, manually logging them, doing lots of sort of tasks in the background. So I found Zapier and thought, oh, okay, all right, I can get my... I can get my inquiries onto spreadsheets and, and I can get that data from the spreadsheet going out to, on G, through Gmail to teachers. Uh, and, and then suddenly the sort of light bulb went on in my head and I saw lots of different processes in my own business that I could automate. And once I sort of basically turned my business in, into an autopilot enterprise, let's say, I thought, wow, maybe there's some other small businesses that would, would kind of benefit from these sorts of things. And I just sort of went out there and started finding work. So you obviously have a curious mind. So you needed a problem solving. You went out, you saw something. This is going to help yeah. me, you know, make me more efficient. And how can I show this to other people as well? I, I like that curiosity. I like it. I mean, I, yeah, I solved my own problems. And then I thought, right, I need some more problems yeah. to solve. <laughs> um, and yeah, 
I, I like talking to people. I like hearing their businesses and my brain sort of ticks. I'm like, oh, right, you say you do it that way. Have you, you know, have they thought about doing it this way? What about, could you stick it this way? Could I, could I save you 10 minutes every day there? Could I completely streamline how you do that? Mm. Um, and people seem to like talking to me if I'm in problem-solving mode for their business. So. <laughs> well, tell me more about Teacher Finder then and why you set it up. So that was a, a few years ago. So I, I was in London for quite a few years in the early part of my career. Then I needed a break, so I travelled um, and I ended up eventually uh, settling down in Budapest here, uh, where I'm now. Um, and I got to be friends with language teachers, and they sort of talked about how much they enjoyed teaching privately, but talked about what a struggle it was to, you know, find private private students. Um, a lot of them were good at teaching, but not necessarily very good at marketing themselves. Um, so I thought, um, you know, I have a sales background, maybe I can help here. Uh, set up a website, did some SEO, started to get inquiries from people looking for teachers, first in Budapest. So started to play the matchmaker there, built a system around it. And then eventually thought, well, you know, cities all over Europe and the world, there's got to be people looking for English, German, French teachers. So mm. now I've built the process, now I've automated it a bit spread it out there and and that's sort of what I've done over the last few years and got to a, a good position now where we have a sort of a good roster of teachers mostly in Europe in most of the major cities um, and we have inquiries come in through our site we match them with the best teacher um, we put them together and then they sort of plan things between themselves yeah you've obviously got that the entrepreneurial side to you as well haven't you because you know you're doing the zapier you're looking at how that can help people you've you've got a business development background and you also set up teacher finder what is it like setting up your own company can you answer that question or is it just something that comes natural to you it's been fun i think the first thing i did when i was 15 i was buying up uh, spare parts of computers um you know um, boot sales building them up and selling them i did that and at uni i was wholesale buying mobile phones and selling and then <laughs> a website design business and then business development for others so i think i don't know setting up businesses and helping other people sell stuff I, i've been doing it quite a long time i like it like you say I, I like to solve problems and i feel like trying to set up a viable business where you take something and sell it that there's that's a challenge it's not always easy to find something you can get and find something that people want to buy as well and then working out how to bridge the gap so yeah. I guess, yeah, it's, it's one huge, huge challenge and it sort of evolves, you know, you, re you reach milestones, you, you start to sell a few things, you get a bit of traction, right, can this scale, how do I scale, mm -hmm. right, you've scaled it a bit now, do I want to run this forever or do I want to try and find a way to sell it to someone or, or you know, put it in autopilot, so, yeah. So would you say your business development skills are your main skills? Um. Yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm quite good at selling, for sure, in business development. I also think I'm pretty good uh, behind the scenes, setting up the, the, the process behind taking something and selling it. So not just selling it, but also building the, the, the pipeline, the marketing pipeline, but also the product pipeline. Um, I'd like to think I'm quite good at sort of thinking through how to de design products and services, but um, I definitely like speaking to other people who are really good at that. Same with marketing. I actually have some good ideas about marketing and SEO, but I'm always quite to speak to experts who really know that subject. So Yeah. I mean, it's, it's all about connecting the skills, isn't it? Because you obviously have marketing experience and, and writing experience, but, but they all support this, this idea of creating business and helping other people create business. I think so, yeah. Like you said, it's, it's bringing a bit, all the bits and pieces you need together to build that process. You need, you need some expertise. 
you need you need the system that it operates in. You need something to sell, and you need some people to sell it to. And, and I like to do that for myself. And yeah, doing doing Zapier consulting for people, I'm getting a bit of an insight in, into their businesses, and as well as helping them automate it, I can also sort of at least give input on on what they're doing and give my ideas as well. Yeah, I hope you don't think this is a rude question, but how old are you? Me, I'm just turned thirty. Just turned thirty. So, would you call yourself a digital native? Oh. Well, I, I think people want to call me a digital nomad because, yeah, <laughs> traveling and working, but, you know, I've stayed in one place so long now, I'm not sure if I'm a nomad anymore. A digital native? Um, so a digital native in that, you know, all you've kind of known from school is is the internet, is is how to do things in a digital fashion. Yeah, I'd, I mean, I'd say so. I think I first got the internet when I was, I think, 14, 15, if the maths checks out and when the internet started getting popular. But I remember AOL and those days in chat rooms and yeah even since then I like staying on the internet late into the night on weekends and just exploring working out how things work trying to do a little bit of programming and then I did a computer science degree so that's all where I really locked in but I think I, I realized I wasn't quite into coding or programming I much more enjoyed the like the, the, the process of it or you know business is built off the internet yeah, so and, and that's where we're, we're back at Zapier, aren't we? And we're back at Teacher Finance. These are all digital tools to help people do things better. So do you think your experience of being a digital native gives you an advantage over perhaps your slightly older peers? Um, I don't know. I, I would say possibly, but anyone who has, you know, I'd say older people who have, a, a, you know, a broader experience of businesses who, who've been running them longer, there's no reason why they couldn't look at, at how process development works and then apply it to, to digital tools. So I think somebody older from, from non-digital native days could easily come in, but whether I've got an advantage, I don't know if I could say. Perhaps being modest. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I, think, I think it's more, the other thing I've, I've learned is work, like, um, I think it's not just about, uh, you know, knowing how to stick tools together. It's about having a good idea about general process development and, and generally the best the best way to plan and manage process development um, and then apply it to some tools like Zapier because some problems can't be solved with Zapier. Some clients come to me um, and they have a great process of how they want to automate, but I have to say, oh, Zapier is not going to be the right tool. You might need to program something or this might just be something that actually can't be automated. It, it needs to stay as a sort of manual human process. Well, you actually answered my, my uh, following question. So, uh -huh. so thank you for that. And it was about, you know, it, it's good to have a broad knowledge of things outside of digital, of business and marketing practices that help you make better decisions on, on behalf of other people, isn't it? I always wondered if I did an MBA or, or sort of got, you know, did a bit of, to had uh, had a, like a university background in, in business administration or or planning or something like that, whether whether I could have still ended up at this point, whether doing something like that now would improve what I could do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, I always want to learn, so. Yeah, yeah. Well, t tell me about your, your presence on, on social media then and what you think of social media and, and how you recommend the use of social media to some of the people that you work with. Well, I, I, I noticed the other day that it's been a long, long time since I properly went on Facebook. I really don't spend any time on there. So I'm Twitter, I'm just getting back into recently. Um, it's not really been useful for anything else I've previously worked in, but uh, with Zapier, actually, I'm finding lots of people are talking about it and asking questions. So I'm sort of, you know, building a bit of a presence on there and helping people out. 
But it's that whole automation. How do we automate all of our social media, right? There are people asking like this, or they're talking about problems they're having with different apps, usually like, oh, I wish I could connect this or do this with it. And I've been able to jump in and say, hey, you know, add Zapier to the mix and you could do it this way. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Twitter, I'm definitely getting more into um, after a sort of quite a long recess of not using it. LinkedIn, I mean, I think my profile is all about, always about one job behind, unfortunately. Uh, I sh- I'm long overdue a refresh of LinkedIn. <laughs> um, yeah. and, then, yes. and then the likes of, of YouTube, uh, Vimeo, uh, Twitch, are you on any of those platforms? Uh, no. Um, I've, I've always thought it might be nice to start recording some of, of my knowledge into, into videos uh, that I, you know, could help people get into Zapier, but it's it's on the sort of to-do list at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think at the moment I'm enjoying being able to sort of take a personal approach to helping people with Zapier half to getting to know their business and, and sort of give more personalized help. It's, it's hard to it's hard to sort of boil down advice into something in a generic way that it could fit and apply to any business. Um, yeah, yeah. But I know there's, there's definitely people who just want to do little bits and pieces with Zapier and for that, yeah, I, I may find myself getting involved in YouTube and trying to record some tutorials and stuff. Mm-hmm. And social media in general, I don't know, I hate that. I think I'm getting pretty old and I'm, I'm disengaging with it a little bit as I get older. Yeah, that, that's an interesting thing because, I, you know, I interview many people on the, on this show from all walks of life and from all the different ages as well. And there's an interesting thing about social media that sometimes young people answer the question you're not really doing a lot on it you know and then i start to think does that mean people are moving away young people are moving away from social media or at least how it works in a professional context possibly yeah I, yeah professional i remember i remember sort of a few you know fresh out of my uni my first couple of jobs going to some of these social media meetups meeting all the gurus it, it was all everyone would talk about everyone had a profile on everything tweeting they were on youtube they were on google plus you know it was all about being on as many platforms and making as much noise but now i feel i go back and look at some of these people who i i remember from the day or people who still say they work in social media and they seem far less noisy they seem to be using these platforms a lot less i don't know if the shine has rubbed off or if they've just sort of found other ways to market what they do, or maybe it's become less about social media marketing and just about broad marketing consultancy and social media just kind of fits into that. So, From my own point of view, I do think a lot of it has become a little bit too automated, and I don't mean anything against you mm-hmm. and the work you're doing, but um, it's, it's hard not to feel like you're being branded Mm-hmm. at um by a bot perhaps and and you think you know is is this really another person being social or is it a bot being social um no, and, I, and I think say, there are pros and cons right I, yeah i mean i would say if people were asking stuff to automate in their business i think i would tell them to avoid automating their marketing too much mm. like i mean scheduling broadcast tweets for blog posts that's fine but you know creating autoresponders or i hate it when i i follow someone on twitter um, and two minutes later, I get a, a DM with a large wall of information. Yeah, um, thank, thanks for following. Now download this PDF, right? That's <laughs> not working. That You can do that, but it's not working. It's not it's working, not, yeah. Automation, I think, should be used behind the scenes to, to you know, help with your production or your, your fulfillment or, you know, dealing with inquiries. 
it's to give you more time to do you know actual marketing get out there and talk to people yeah the yeah. human side of, of marketing yeah yeah, yeah. so I will say Zapier's support team you know you email them a question a problem they get back to you it's a human that gets back to you they get back to you quickly and they, they go out of their way to help you and give you advice and that's that's pretty basic and you can't automate that no. but it really works yeah, that is nice, actually. So one of your other skills, though, that we should talk about, even though you're moving away from it, is is that you were a freelance writer. Yes. When, so when I was in Budapest, as well as, as doing the Teacher Finder business, I, I, I've always thought I was okay at writing. And then I, I found a few sort of expat publications who wanted a native English speaker and someone with a tourist sort of perspective on the city to, to write about it. So I, I got myself a sort of quite nice niche um, writing for a few different places just you know guides on this listicles about pubs bars things to do um so, so is this as, as yourself or you or were you ghostwriting for others a bit of both sometimes i was ghostwriting and sort of like sales copy for, for companies other times it was me writing um for these publications so i got to see yeah i got to sort of craft a, a, an ability to write and promote and sell or just make people sort of interested about budapest in this case um so yeah, I don't, I don't get to write so much now, but I certainly think it's a useful skill for anyone to have to be a good writer, to be able to convey yourself. Oh, it's a great skill. An underappreciated one, in my in my opinion, definitely. <laughs> and you know, also, I find having writing, I've sort of learned to sort of boil down an idea into sort of quite basic bits and terms. And that's helping when, when I sort of set up an automation for a client they might not really understand what I'm doing or how it's all working, but they do want to sort of understand it. So I find I, I can be quite good at sort of boiling it down into, into a sort of something that they can understand or connect it with, you know, a context they do understand. And hopefully what we've done in our conversation so far in the last 20 minutes has really got a, a bigger picture of the many skills that you have that relate to media, the media industry. And, and you just have so many and, You've accumulated that over um, a short space of time. If you're only just turning 30 and yet you have seemingly a lot of experience in media. Although, oddly, I don't think I planned to acquire any of these one particular skills. And often we don't, do we? It's just sort of they collect until we figure out that, you know, we can go down this path now because I can do these three things. It'll be interesting to come back when I'm 40 and see what I've picked up uh, (laughs) over the next 10 years or, or how the landscape's changed. Let's um, schedule it now. Ten years, uh, same date. Let's do it. So, what what skills do you think a modern entrepreneur has to have? I think you've got to you've got to be a problem solver because mm. problems are going to come up. You should yeah, you should be a pretty good rational problem solver. Um, helicopter vision, you know, you should be able to look at a business or a process and sort of map out the little the, the, the broad areas. Sorry, without getting too obsessed with exactly how you're going to do one particular part. Um, I don't know if there's a word for it. But there, there probably is, but you should you should be able to just come up with a, a rough bit of an idea and have this ability to start and do the first step and then take the next step and build it and build it. I mean, a lot of sort of people who want to start businesses or want to be entrepreneurs that they they don't actually start. They spend months and months planning this grand thing and then they talk themselves out of it. When I would say, right, if you think you've got a great idea and you can see the first step you need to take, just do that one, then do the next one, the next one. And if you end up with a business, then great. If you don't, you can always just wind it off and go on down another route. That it, it sounds like... Proactiveness, the, I guess. Yeah, the, the, that proactivity, but also that lack of fear. You know, yeah. that sort of, you, you just got to go for it. You've got to leap. And uh, I think that's what natural entrepreneurs have. And you just described it in a nutshell. 
hustle as well but i don't know if that's a skill and maybe hustle is definitely a skill i think yeah yeah but yeah. I mean, maybe hustle in the sense that you've got to, you know, you. I think some people want to start a business because they think they'll get rich. I think you, most entrepreneurs will tell you that most of their business ideas go completely opposite. They lose money, they make nothing at all. So I think really you've got to be more interested in the process of building a business rather than the end result of maybe trying to get rich. And if, if the idea of like hard work for a few years, trying to set up processes and try stuff is not very exciting, then maybe entrepreneurialism isn't for you. Yeah, yeah, interesting, and that and that would what I would end on on this interview is is to ask you to to what sort of advice you would give to young people, you know, ten years younger than yourself who are just starting out, mm-hmm. you know, how to get started. Um, but you've just answered it really in a nutshell. It's about expectations, isn't it, and what what your motivation is for doing a certain thing. Especially if you're young, you just want. Yeah, I think you want to you want to pick something that's going to be fun. Pick something that you already know about and you can do. Try and find something you can get or you have or you can make that somebody else can't and would want to pay for and then sell it to them. And like I said, the first business I had was just buying spare computer parts and then I learned on the internet how to build a computer. And this was when you were about 15, yeah? Something like that. Something yeah, like that, yeah. 15, yeah. 16, buying, yeah, buying spare parts of computers, screwing them together. I mean, I think you could, I could buy the parts for maybe 20, 30 quid if I looked, and then there were always people in the local area who'd want to buy a, a pretty cheap computer for maybe 80, 100 quid. So there you yeah. go, I had a, I had a business. Yeah. <laughs> that, that sort of thing's exciting when you're a kid. Like, that's, that's a lot of money. Well, then that, when you're a teenager, even, that's a lot of money. So, mm. yeah. Yeah. Well, it's brilliant advice. Thank you so much for joining me on the show here. How do we actually contact you? How do we get in touch with you? Um, uh, you can find me on Twitter um, and at Andrew J. Davison. Um, I guess you'll put that in a tweet. Or I will absolutely put these all uh, in the description. And then yep. on there, I've got the website for my, my automation business. Um, and you can reach me through there or tweet me. And also my email is just Andrew at and then andrewjdavison.com. That was Andrew Davison. You can find out more about Andrew on LinkedIn and his Twitter handle is Andrew J. Davison. You can find out more about me at seanweston.co.uk and you can follow me on Twitter at seanwestonwork. If you enjoyed our chat, please leave a rating on iTunes or whatever podcast service you use and thanks again for the messages of support for the show. Keep those messages coming and take a look at my own website for more information about me. Until we meet again, bye for now. 